Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Triple Threat Podcast is back in here. Thank you guys for joining us. This is the Triple Threat Podcast. I am DJ Shockley alongside my dude, Scotty D. We got a lot to talk about this week as a lot has happened, a lot is going on, and a lot is going to happen this weekend in the world of sports, culture, whatever. We got a lot to talk about today, man. We're going to talk about a lot of different subjects uh, going on, but uh, Scotty D, man, what's popping with you? What is up, DJ? How are you doing today? Hey, man. I can't complain, man. Guess what? Well, nobody can anyway, so I got no complaints. All is good around my way. What's for, hey, first off, how's the wife doing, man? Is she, is she better? She's good. She's among us again. Ah, she's she's among uh, us. yeah. She's uh, she's been working, and uh, we're all back to normal here. So nice. uh, yeah, you can you can finally cohabitate. You can get some hugs and kisses now from your wife, huh? Yeah, I, I don't I don't do all that yet. I know. Oh, man. so you ain't sure yet? So you say she <laughs> say she done, but you like ah, I don't really know if I want to get you in this saliva yeah. yet, huh? Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, conflicting information over this past ten <laughs> months, so I'm just playing it. I'm playing it cool and careful. I'm sleeping with her, but that's you know, that's about uh, as far as I go today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leave that alone. I had a lot for that. I had a lot for that. I'm gonna go ahead and leave that alone. Oh man, yeah, everything's good, man. My little guy is hooping, man, playing basketball. Cool. His uh, his team's leading score. They're like six and one right now, so uh, he's loving it, man. Then here comes baseball. My daughter, she got gymnastics, mm-hmm. uh, so she's crushing it in gymnastics right now. The only thing I'm mad at with gymnastics is they freaking up it in the ante now on us, uh, taking it up another 15, 20 bucks. So I'm like. Asked my daughter, as soon as they sent their email, I said, hey, uh, you want to play uh, softball? You want to uh, do chilling? You want to run track? I'm like, you want to do something else? Because these gymnastic folks killing my pocket, Scotty Dick. Did you say 15 or 20 bucks? They went up by 15 or 20 bucks, yes. What, like a, a week? A month? A month, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, man, that, the older they get, the more it goes, man. It's, it's, it's not going to get any better. Scotty, I asked you to co-sign that. Don't co-sign that. Don't 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 co-sign <laughs> the upcharge in my pockets over here. I'm just telling you uh, facts, man. I got older kids. I know. I know how it's going to so progress. You've been there, done that. Yeah, huh? I got no, I my just, my so daughter. I got to accept it. I mean, what else you gonna do? Huh? I know you're gonna tell her she can't <laughs> do it. And then my little guy, he's gonna be, you know, he, he baseball season gonna start in a little bit, and I know mm-hmm. you know all about that. I'm not looking forward to the expenses that come with baseball season i know his cleats ain't gonna fit no more right uh he may want to do bag he may have mm-hmm. to get it regrimped. i mean hopefully his glove still fits so we will we, we'll be good yeah you'll be all right i know you know all about that buying them big boy bats over there two Ooh. three four hundred dollar bats huh mm. yeah his high school tryouts tryout started yes uh this week mo- uh, monday and uh it's he's he's so nervous hey friend hey friend he's oh, he's good. nervous Hey, man, we got a lot going on this week, man. Uh, we got some big ball games. Obviously, it's conference championship weekend in the National Football League, NFC. You got the Bucks and Green Bay going at, on Sunday at 3.05. Bucks and Green Bay, then on s- Sunday after that ball game, you got the AFC with the Bills and Kansas City. Before we get into those games, let's jump back and talk about the game that was pretty interesting, the Kansas mm-hmm. City and the Cleveland Browns game. Baker Mayfield played pretty well. But the big story 
Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes going down. Uh, they say he had a concussion. Some people say they had a little stinger in his neck. But uh, as of today, he is still in the concussion protocol. Scotty D, yeah. if I, if you would bet $100, mm-hmm. would you bet that he would be playing on Sunday or he would not be playing? I bet he'd be playing. Ooh, so you think, ain't no way he's not playing an AFC Championship game, huh? No. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, obviously they got to do what's right for him, for his health. But uh, I mean, all reports so far are positive. I, I, I still have a hard time seeing how he got his bell rung. You know, I mean, it, it was, it was, it, he didn't get, he didn't take a helmet or a shoulder pad to the head. Right. It was, it was kind of like his, his head, you know, his head hit the ground. And, and they say that most concussions are when heads hit the ground. But he, he, it just didn't look that saw. bad. Yeah, it didn't yeah. look that bad. So, I don't know, but it, it looked bad when he got up, though. Yeah. My dude was wobbling. My dude, <laughs> my dude had the jello legs, so some some was off in equilibrium. So, do you uh, see the uh, do you see the lineman that was that was kind of holding him up? And when he saw a ref coming over, he turned Mahomes around towards the sideline and started walking. Him. <laughs> yeah, because he knew as soon as he saw him, it was gonna be a wrap. Yeah, there ain't no way he coming back in the ball game if the ref see how. But everybody saw his leg. His leg yeah. was pure jello, so everybody knew what that looks like when you have one of those type of concussions. So. Mm. We'll see, man. KC Cleveland. KC, man, they got tons of weapons, man. It's ridiculous how many ways they can get the ball to, to Miko Hartman, to Tyreek Hill, to Travis Kelsey. I mean, uh, even, you know, Le'Veon Bell is a, a good change of form. Uh, I wonder if they're going to get Clyde edwards Lair back. He's been gone for a minute yeah. with that uh, ankle, I think it is. If they can get him back, that'll add a whole nother uh, identity to that offense. So um, that'll be interesting to see, man. All right, NFC. Talk to me. Bucks, Green Bay. Last week, Tom Brady eliminated Drew Brees, who it might be possibly his last time playing in the National Football League. Uh, I really think it should be. <laughs> Brees struggled this year, yeah. mightily throwing the football down the field. Uh, but Brady and the Bucks, man, they look good, man. They are a totally different team. Uh, this is the one team that put it on Green Bay early in the year. I think it was like week six, they put it on Green Bay. Yeah. But we know. Aaron Rodgers is a different man right now. Yeah. 48 touchdowns coming into the postseason. They got a game at Lambeau at home. How do you see this one shaping up between the Bucs and the Packers? Well, looking back, I, I I don't, you know, the Bucs also got shellacked by New Orleans twice, you know, so I don't really put too much um, too much into that but first it's, matchup. It's, it's harder to beat a team three times, though. Well, yeah, that's yeah, tough. yeah. That's tough. For sure. That's what that's what they say, for sure. And um, but I, I think that it was that first game was probably I'm guessing was probably in October. Um, wasn't it wasn't cold yet in Green Bay? Not really cold. Um, and because uh, I'm pretty sure they won in Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, so yep. all that being said, I don't put a lot of I put a lot into that first matchup because because the Bucks have changed a little bit too. They have, but do you think the weather is a factor for the Bucks? Maybe <clears throat> not as much for Brady because he played in New England, right? But- do you think it's a factor for the guys around? Yeah, I think it is. And 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 I heard somebody, and unfortunately, I can't remember who uh, who said this this week, but it's a mental problem. That's what he thinks. It's a mental yeah. issue with with players that are uh, from LA or from Florida or whatever when they go up to these cold weather these cold weather places. It's it's uh it's more mental than it is physical. On the sideline, they've got things to warm your hands, your butt, your helmet, your 
you know, they got, they got things to keep you warm on the sideline, but when you're on the field, you're moving around and <clears throat> it shouldn't yeah. be that big of an issue unless it's like the yeah. ice bowl or something. Yeah. So uh, I think it, I think it has to be a mental thing. Mike Evans is, is a Southern, you know, he's, I guess he's from Texas. I know he went to A&M. Uh, I don't know where, you know, where those other guys are from. Fournette's a Southern guy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think mentally it could affect them. Here's why I say it doesn't affect them. And okay. I played in cold weather. Um, I've been, my first ever game was uh, in Green Bay, but it was uh, early in the year, so not as late in the year where it is now. Uh, I mm. wonder if it gets below like 20 degrees. That's when it really becomes an issue. But for me, I look at it like this. This is the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. You have 60 minutes in a ball game to get yourself to a Super Bowl. Right. Adrenaline. The fact that you may never, ever get to a Super Bowl, that is a big freaking deal. And you deal with whatever the, the conditions are. So I think, yeah, initially you're like, man, it's cold. But like you said, once you get onto the field, now I'm telling you, dudes kind of forget a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now the in-between, that's where you feel it. When you're walking out to the sideline, when you got a TV timeout, when you're not actually moving around, that's when the weather is a factor. But when that ball is snapped, not too much big of a deal. Now, sometimes our ball is a little bit harder. You know, it's a little bit slicker because it's cold. Right. But you got to adapt to it. And these guys are professional athletes. And you know this is what it's about this late in the year. So, I I don't think it affect those guys as much. Uh, we'll see. But I, I don't think it's that big of a factor that I think that a lot of people think. All right. February 7th, Super Bowl's coming on the horizon. Obviously, we just talked about the four teams that are involved, the elite, elite four or final four, you should say. Elite eight is probably what it's called. Final four is what it is. I don't know if we can legally I don't know if we can legally say elite eight or final four. Mm, why not? But no nobody listens to our podcast that can sue us, so it's all right. Hey, they sue us for saying final <laughs> four. That's crazy. Not much about that. All right, other news, mm. man. Phillip Rivers retires after mm. 17 seasons. This last year is with the Colts. Actually, we did pretty good. Now, this is a guy who came into the league in 04. He started the last 240 games in the National Football League. How crazy is that? Look, listen to these career numbers for Phillip Rivers. 64% completion percentage, 63,440 yards, 421 touchdowns throughout his career. You're talking about playing at a high level for a very long time. And this is a guy we were talking about before we came on. His only time in the AFC Championship game that he played in he played in the game with a torn ACL that he suffered six days before that. So you're talking about a guy, we, we know dudes like Brett Favre who were the Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Well, put Phillip Rivers in there. Yeah. I call him a first ballot Hall of Famer. What says you? Yeah, I've I always liked him, man. He's I, I like his fire. Um, you know, when I was a kid, my dad never liked J- uh, John Elway because when he got drafted, he forced his way out of, uh, I think it was Baltimore, mm. the Baltimore Colts at that time. He pulled, and, he, pulled, uh, he pulled the Mannings on him, right? Well, that, he's, yeah, he did it first. He, he was the pre- first one, yeah. Right. So then when I, when I was younger, uh, Manning, Eli Manning and his dad pulled that nonsense. So I kind of <laughs> always rooted for Phillip Rivers because Rivers is like, all right, I'll go, to, I'll go, to, I'll go live in San Diego. That <laughs> right. ain't going to suck. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I, he's, I just he, – he's kind of like um, – I, I like guys that are, they're chirping a little bit and, and, but he does it with a smile on his face. He's not, he's not, you know, he's actually a pretty um, good dude, 
So he he's not getting too nasty with people, but he, you know, he's always chirping the yeah. days of him and Cutler going back and forth, you know, twice a year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I always, I always liked Philip Rivers, man. And I, I, th- I always thought he was underrated. Um, he, you know, he, he, he played with a lot of good players. Uh, one of the best tight ends ever Antonio Gates. He had LaDainian Tomlinson behind him for a long time. So he had weapons that, that enabled him to, to put up numbers that he had, but you know, he, he's, I didn't know he had had that uh, games played streak. That's, that's amazing. Hey, unbelievable. And one thing I thought was pretty crazy uh, about him, but was actually pretty funny is Philip Rivers never cussed. Right. He never said cuss words while talking trash. And you mm-hmm. hear guys talking all the time about guys talking trash. I saw something that JJ Watt said. He said, he was talking about how Philip Rivers was in a game and the middle of the game was talking trash looked over, pointed it to one of their linebackers and said, you are in the wrong spot for this blitz. And he said, he looked up and said, he was right. And that just tells you, <laughs> that tells you the kind of dude that Phillip Rivers was, like telling the linebacker, you're in the wrong spot for the blitz y'all about to do. That's you need hilarious. to get the right spot. Uh, but he just say stuff like dad gum and, you know, fudge gosh, and all that darn kind of it. stuff. <laughs> so, uh to hear Phil Rivers talk cash money is uh, really funny to hear, but uh, that's what Phil Rivers is about, man. But he's a he's a first battle Hall of Famer, no doubt for sure. Uh, with him being gone, Colts gonna have some QB stuff. Uh, we know they had one of the top defenses in the league this past year, so they're not in the the mode of rebuilding. Uh, their coach Frank Wright does he go get Carson Wentz? Who Carson Wentz? You know he played for, but I doubt mm-hmm. it. Carson Wentz is probably staying in Philly now. That. Uh, Doug Peterson is gone. Yeah. Um, but some guys who possibly could come up in free agency, Matthew Stafford, Jimmy Garofalo, guys who uh, – Garofalo who possibly could go there. You you think there's a chance that one of those guys go to go to, to the Indy? Um, I, I think that – I think that – I don't see Stafford leaving Detroit, but I didn't see Phillip Rivers leaving San Diego either. Yeah. Um, it, it just depends on the situation, but I – the Jimmy Garoppolo is interesting because I don't think that's turned out how they hoped it would. Yeah. <clears throat> obviously he's they had a couple a injuries. Money. Yeah. Obviously he's had a couple injuries too, but um, even when he's been in there, they, he hasn't been superb. I don't think so. Yeah. That, that, that's an interesting, interesting uh, scenario. Yeah, man. So a couple, couple different uh, things to look at in his off season when it comes to quarterbacks, as we know, it's going to be a big off season for QBs and drafts and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, to start that off, though, we got a lot of head coaches getting jobs now. Uh, the Jags, obviously, Urban Meyer. The Jets got Robert Sala. The Lions got Dane Campbell, who you know was an assistant at assistant head coach with the with the Saints, uh, was a tight ends coach as well. Um, but he comes over now and gets a six year deal from the Lions. How crazy is that? This guy's never been a, a coordinator, never been a um, a head coach. And this is kind of one of the things that it, it bothers me a little bit. Um, yeah. You talk about guys who get these opportunities and for the longest, it's been a lot of talk about black coaches, minority coaches getting head coaching jobs. And now they're being passed over again. And you talk about the Eric B enemies of the world. You're talking about the Leslie Frazier's of the world, Marvin Lewis, uh, to name a few. Uh, I wrote a couple down, man. There is a couple guys who, who lost a job, Anthony Lynn, Hugh Jackson, Marvin Lewis, Todd Bowles, Vance Joseph, and Steve Wilkes, who was in Arizona. I think they fired him after like one year, maybe it was. Um, and that's, you know, over the last four seasons, only two guys 
have, you know, gotten the job, Brian Flores and Steve Wilkes, and obviously Steve Wilkes is gone and Brian Flores is gone. So the lack of black head coaches and minority coaches, I think, is a huge issue that's happening in the National Football League. And the crazy thing is they've made incentives for these teams to hire black head coaches, and it still hasn't happened, or minority coaches. I know Robert Salah is a uh, a guy of, a, of the Muslim face, and he's, you know, going to be get a head coaching job. But what are your thoughts on that, man? Because it, it just seems like it's not as many getting those opportunities. Mm-hmm. And for me, I look at it like these guys are qualified. Why aren't yeah. they getting a chance to be head coaches? <clears throat> well, my, 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 my thought on the whole thing is I don't like – even the thought of you're hiring somebody because of a skin color. Right, right. But that, but big, but, but that being said, the math isn't adding up. No doubt. Now I don't, ex- I, I wouldn't expect it to be, you know, I think the NFL is 70% African-American, right? If uh, I don't expect it to be 70% tomorrow, right? but it, it's, it's gotta, at some point um, it's gotta, at some point start to shift. Now, that being said, I liked Anthony Lynn, mm-hmm. but his wins and losses weren't weren't good. You know, he, he's been there for three years, I think. Um, his wins and losses weren't good. Now, he had a new quarterback this year. They lost a lot of close games. That's the issue. That's kind of the issue I have with him because I, I, I liked him. Um, but no, I think – let me ask – let me throw one back at you. If Eric Bieniemy is such this great – such a great uh, candidate for a head coaching job – why is he not hired? You know, I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the question that I don't know. I, you know, without being in those meetings where they have those mm-hmm. meetings with the coaches without having the, the inside knowledge of what's going on in those meetings, you just don't know. So you don't know right. if, you know, he's having bad meetings or what, and he can have great meetings and he just doesn't fit what that organization wants. We, uh, right. We just don't know. But just the lack of opportunities I think is, is terrible. And the other part about it is, the organization that's having the most turmoil right now, the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that really disturbed me was you have a franchise quarterback that you paid all this money to, and you tell him, listen, we want you to be a part of the process. Right. You go out and get a search firm and say, listen, this search firm says you should go for X, Y, and Z. And you get neither one of those uh, guys to be your head coach or your general manager. And your franchise quarterback is upset. Your franchise quarterback tells you, please just interview Eric Bieniemy. You don't interview him until a week or two later once all the flack has come up and it's like mm-hmm. they just threw him a break. I'm like, all right, we're going to interview him now. Yeah. I didn't like the way they're going about it. And obviously they're going through a lot of turmoil now with their franchise guy, their face of their team now mm-hmm. is saying he possibly will not play for the Houston Texans again. Now that's it- when you have an issue. Yeah, I you know when I first heard about that that and I like I love Deshaun Watson, but when I first heard that he was gonna that they had agreed to let him have input on the coaching uh, search, at first I was like he's he, he's he's gonna be the coach's employee. He doesn't need to be doing that. But if you're a if you're a highly paid quarterback, you can easily get the coach fired. So why does it make sense to have him also uh, be part of the hiring process? So after I thought about it for a minute, I was like, well, that 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 does make sense now. Man, that that franchise, that organization is messed up, DJ. It, it it just seems to be, and I don't know that it was like that before Bill O'Brien got there, but I feel like 
Bill O'Brien got there and he, he, he screwed up the culture. Yeah. He screwed up the communication. Yeah. He screwed up, you know, stuff above him and below him. Um, and, here, and here's the other part about it is I don't think that they said, okay, you come in here and say, listen, I want you to hire this guy. I think they said, listen, give us a couple guys that you would love for us to interview. And mm-hmm. then, Hey, we'll go from there. We'll have the All final right. say, yeah. but, but, I think they went the total opposite of whatever he said. Like if you ask for him to interview this certain particular guy, at least give him a shot, but you don't do it. Yeah. And now you got issues. So that was my only issue with the Houston Texas is if you're going to ask the guy and say, Hey, we want you to be a part of it. And then you go totally opposite and don't even interview the people that he wants to be coached by. Right. That is a big deal. So uh, we'll see if any of this stuff has any legs, see if anything uh, better comes in the next few years. And hopefully over the next couple of years, uh, we see a change in the ability for these owners who really have the say-so. And, you know, these 32 owners have obviously the say-so in it. And uh, to bring up an owner who uh, I am very fond of, played for, and is a big fan of, and um, I thought did a really good job along with him and Rich McKay, is Arthur Blank with the Atlanta Falcons. This mm-hmm. week they had their press conference and they introduced Terry Fontenot, who is now the general manager, an African-American who gets his first job mm-hmm. uh, as a general manager, which is kudos to him. Arthur Blank, I think they interviewed four or five different minority candidates. Uh, mm-hmm. Big shouts out to Arthur Blank for going that route um, and then finding the guy they wanted. He was the first guy they interviewed and he was the guy that they wanted. Um, <clears throat> then they go out and hire Arthur Smith uh, as the head coach coming over from Tennessee Titans, had great success at the Tennessee Titans for the last couple of years as the offensive coordinator. Uh, two guys who, when I watched their press conference, extremely impressed by. I thought both guys handled the Atlanta media for the first time really well. And for Terry Fontenot coming over from the Saints, this is a guy who was with the Saints for 18 years. Mm-hmm. Like he started his career at 22 with the New Orleans Saints and had nothing but Saints gear. And listen to his press conference, he said, I got to go get new everything. He said my credit cards, my <laughs> keys, everything had Saints stuff on it. So now I got to turn it all out in. And he, he had his family come up. They all decked out in Falcons gear. But Scotty D, man, give you a chance to sound off on um, the new hires and the new GM for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, that's got to be that's got to be hard. I can't imagine being I've been a Falcons fan for a long time, having to switch over to the Saints. So right. I, 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 I appreciate that. So as far as the GM hire, I am pretty stoked about it. Uh, anybody, because as much as I want to hate them, the Saints have been the Saints have been a well-run organization. Sure. Um, as far as I know, since uh, Peyton and Drew Brees got there, Sean Peyton and Drew Brees. Now I I didn't know Terry Fontenot's name eighteen years ago or t- you know ten years ago even, so I, I didn't associate him with that. But to me, and Mickey Loomis, obviously, I should inc- uh, address. Um, include his name as well but anybody that's been under mickey loomis who's been mentored by mickey loomis you see the draft picks they've made they have they have um by by and large built their team through the draft other than a handful of free agents including drew Brees, but that was kind of the first building block most of their most of their um, dominant or or uh most of their best players have come through the draft you got Cam Hayward. You got the two defensive. You got uh, Lattimore and Chauncey Guard. Uh, sorry, CJ Gardner Johnson. Yep. The corners. You know, and, and so uh, I, I gotta like what they do now. He he. So that that's my general thought is I think that was a great hire. Yeah, yeah. As, 
as far as the head coach, Time I, I wasn't excited. I wasn't excited because my yeah. first my first thought was, okay, we just hired an offensive guy that all he had to do was turn and hand the ball to Derrick Henry thirty times a game. How, mm-hmm. how, you know, how, so I, I don't know enough about him to to judge. And I'm not. That's not a negative, but that was my initial response. Is like, well, w- what else does this guy know or do? Right. He, did, he, right. did, he did turn Tannehill into a viable NFL quarterback, and I believe our quarterback is much more talented, if yeah. not significantly older but still so i'm willing to to you know hold hold judgment on on the arthur smith hired i'm not necessarily saying anything negative i'm just i'm not excited like i am about font no i'm 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 excited about people you know about him selling this team to free agents and him making proper uh picks in the draft so i'll be honest i wasn't uh as familiar with arthur smith as well and when i found out he was going to be the you know, the head coach for the Falcons, I wanted to know more about what he did with the Titans. And obviously, like you mentioned, everybody knows you got a 240-pound back back there. He ran for 2,000 yards. And obviously, he's a big big superstar. So I actually dove into the film. I dove into about six or seven games. Mm-hmm. And um, I did some breakdowns. You can see them on AtlantaFalcons.com or even on my Twitter page at DJ Shockley 3 And you can see some of the things that he does well. He changes up formations, changes up schemes. He uses his personnel really well. And you talk about a guy in A.J. Brown who stepped up and was a big guy for him. Davis was another receiver that played well for him. And there were times in the run game where guys weren't touching Derrick Henry until he was in the second and third level. And that's because of what he created with his formations, his motions, his yeah. shifts that helped that offense be what it is. So a lot of it is scheme. A lot of it is play call. And a lot of it is personnel. So that's the next biggest piece for these two individuals is – Let's make sure we go out and get good guys in the draft. And like you just mentioned, free agency is huge. Let me, can you, would you be, um, could you elaborate on how important shifting and motion is to, uh, now to me from a basic, basic knowledge, it's okay. If, if we send a receiver in motion, we can kind of tell if it's a man or a man to man defense. So can you elaborate more on, on what else that helps with? So with motion, I say there's two different things to it. With motion, you're looking for information or you're looking for impact. When I say information is what you just mentioned. Is it man? Is it zone? If a guy goes across, he goes with you, you know it's man coverage. If you send a guy in motion and nobody goes with him, guys just bump out, you know Mm -hmm. it's zone. That's the information part of it. But then there's also motion and shifting for impact. And impact is to get leverage on the defense or to out leverage your defense or to get the right angles when you're blocking in the run game. And there's a one particular play where you bring up, just say you got a tight end, you put him way outside where a receiver is. You bring mm-hmm. him down in motion, and now you're bringing him down in motion. Now he has the angle to block the outside linebacker just off the motion because you created that angle to block. So there's information that you're looking for, but there's also the impact of how can I get this guy in the right position to block a certain player so that it opens up something in a run game. So there are a lot of things that motions and shifts do to, I'll say, kind of confuse a defense or force defenses to communicate. And sometimes when you're moving on the move like that, if one person is not communicating with the next guy, one guy gets out of position. So there's a lot of things that motion and shift does. And when I turned on the tape, he shifted or motion almost every single play. So a defense must be ready every single time you play against this offense because 
what you see at the beginning of the snap is not what's going to go see at the end of that snap. So, well, I heard that as a criticism often this year of the Falcons. So, yeah. And another big thing is red zone. He was the Titans led the NFL in red zone touchdown percentage at 72.5. So that tells you he's really good in the red zone. He scores touchdowns. Mm -hmm. And it's the reason why we sent young boy Koo to the pro bowl because we kicked a lot of field goals. Right. Well, we'll see if uh, we, we we pick dividends, but uh, excited about the Falcons hire. Excited to see what they can do going forward and see if uh, they can get it done. All right, big weekend at UFC as well. My man, yeah. Conor, Conor McGregor is back in the UFC. Is in the octagon facing Dustin P- How you say his last name? Poirier. Poirier? Yeah. Poirier for the second time for a, a super fight. What do you think about this fight, man? I, I'm, I'm a huge UFC fan. I love watching yeah, I, I watch the big ones, and I'll, I'll catch some every once in a while. I don't know a lot of people. I don't remember this first fight, so I actually watched it online. Uh, McGregor beat his ass. I mean, yeah. it, was not, it wasn't close the first time, but it was like three years ago, and they say that Poirier is much, uh, a much better fighter now. So I'm, I'm always – dude, Conor McGregor is a showman. Yeah. So I'm, I'm always up for watching him fight. He, he's, to me, he's hilarious. And yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's super talented, too. The uh, showman, but, man. That's what you want. You want yeah. showmanship, baby. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's, he's, running, he's running his career the exact right way, just like Floyd. You know, yeah. I mean, just, just talking the talk, but also uh, walking the walk, too. I just want to see him do his walk, you know. I just want to see yeah. him do his you know. I just want to see him do his stroll. So uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to watching that one, man. I think I'm going uh, to find me a spot and be able to watch that one after I watch all the – the conference championship games on Saturday. They turn on McGregor Saturday night. So do you, do you know how to watch that one? What do you mean? Do you know how it's not pay-per-view? So what is it, ESPN Plus or something? Yeah. Uh, so as long as you got ESPN Plus, you can watch it. So listeners, um, all, even if you don't want to keep ESPN Plus, which I highly recommend, you get who uh, – I wish we could pay for this, but Hulu, yeah. Disney, and ESPN Plus – Disney Plus, ESPN Plus. You get all those for like $10 a month. They're, they're terrific. You got uh, ESPN Plus? Yeah. All right, let me borrow your login and watch it this week. Yeah. No, come over to my house. No, I need to log in, baby. <laughs> I need to log in so I can watch it at my house, bro. <laughs> Plus, you won't even get close to your wife, so why would I come over and get close? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Trying to, trying to get me the bug. What's up with that, bro? <laughs> all right, uh, last but not least, uh, another big story that came out this week. Uh, in the world that I know Scotty D loves is baseball. <laughs> the Mets fired their GM, Jared Porter, uh, over some illicit text message and explicit images that he sent to a reporter uh, when he was with the Cubs. And uh, at one point, the woman who was a foreign correspondent ignored more than 60 messages from Porter, and it finally came out, and the guy lost his job. Scotty D, mm-hmm. what is wrong with you, dude, Porter? <laughs> What's the deal with what we do? So I, I'm it's 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 unbelievable. Um, when I first heard it, I was like, all right. It, at first glance, I, I kind of shake that kind of stuff off. But did but you then, see the text? Then I saw, yeah, then I saw that and I saw <laughs> that 62 unanswered uh, texts. And bro was point, so thirsty. At what so point, what, like with the 59th text, <laughs> were you like, maybe she'll answer this one? Man, my or, so thirsty. Oh my gosh, that was oh, horrible. Bro, sending all kind of messages, man. You want to get telling the way that in all these cities, what you know, he offered a drink like three or four times, and he started sending pictures. It was unbelievable. I mean, like, was this the only woman bro song? 
I, I mean, mean, is this the only woman he ever seen? I mean, was goodness gracious. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe he's such a hard worker. He doesn't get out much. I don't know. But it, that was that was bad, 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 bad for that uh, dude. He got a bunch of other ways he can uh, remedy uh, all that. Yeah, all he makes enough saying, money. So, yeah. No doubt. So uh, Jerry Porter gone, man, and uh, I, he is not the GM no more. <laughs> so I thought you when you said I was I was loving it. I thought you were going to I thought you were going to say uh, talk about the Tennessee McDonald's bags of cash. Oh, yeah, because I, I, I was loving that. <laughs> No, that's unreal. So in, in other stories around college football, if you haven't heard, Jeremy Pruitt was fired as the coach and Tennessee volunteers. And the word is they were handing out bags of cash in McDonald's bags. So I'm like, bro, y'all couldn't even give Chick-fil-A? Y'all gave McDonald's? <laughs> like, for real? Like, bags of cash. They trying to go back. Here's what I think happens. Jeremy Pruitt comes from Alabama. He comes mm -hmm. from Georgia, where they're mm -hmm. constantly winning. They're constantly fighting for championships. They got the best players, mm -hmm. and he's trying to keep up. That's yeah. what I think. I think he honestly was trying to keep up. He was in his third year, starting to feel the pressure. He, yeah. And he said, bro, we got to find a way. But then did you see how many people were involved in this? No, talk about it. Oh, my goodness. It was at least 15 people that end up losing their job and it was like assistance. He was like quality control guys. It mean, it was people in the compliance staff. So it is a ah, poop storm for sure. I mean, if you're going to do that, you got to have one guy handle that. <laughs> you got to have one person. Got to have one good runner, huh? One, one person dealing with that. You can't be having a bunch of people involved. Loose lips sink ships, man. man. That ain't going to work out. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. That Tennessee is going down and flat. It's it's gonna be four or five years, man, before they even even get back on track. Cause you're gonna bring a who gonna want to come there? Who's available? I mean, they're gonna have to poach a small a small college coach like like you know they went and got Butch Jones. They're gonna have to they're gonna have to go somewhere and get a small time coach. Bro, who's gonna want to come to Tennessee when you know you got major oh, coming. issues? It's coming. How you gonna get assistant coaches? Like yeah. your job security is at a minimum right now if you go to Tennessee. And yeah. you know you're gonna win. So and I think tough, tough on the Tennessee fan base, man. And I think Tennessee, I think the school wanted to get rid of Pruitt, but I don't think they could afford to without this. Because yeah. I because my 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 assumption is there was probably a big buyout. But if when you he, get that fire for calls, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When you get when you get that stuff that they could they could get rid of him and move on. I just I, I, what are they gonna do, man? It's a mess. That's like the Houston Texans of college football, except probably worse. Yeah, man. It's going to be uh, some interesting stuff to watch as this week uh, goes on, man. Scotty, before we get out of here, man, you got anything else on your mind that you want to talk to the folks about? Because I know you always got a uh, a mind that's always running, man. Uh, it's always moving. Um, I got a question for you. All right, what you got? Who 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 do you think the greatest NFL quarterback is, and what's your what's your criteria when you when you when you go that route, bro? Greatest ever? Sure. You could if you can't do that, give us a, a top few and tell us because it's it's all subjective, right? Yeah. yeah. It's 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 because I don't think Joe Montana is. You know, I don't I don't think Montana don't, ain't in the top five. He might be in the top five, but I'm saying I don't think he's the greatest. I, I wouldn't put Brady at the, at the top either. <laughs> Brady's in my top five. Brady. Uh, yeah, Marino. yeah, Brady Marino. Um, I'm gonna put a guy like Warren Moon in there because he kind of oh. changed the game for guys like myself. So many yards, 
no doubt, no doubt. Uh, obviously, you got the uh, Roger Staubachs of the world. You got the mm. the Bradshaws of the world. Um, no way. I mean, I'm just saying, you, you got yeah. a lot of guys who did a lot of good things. What about uh, John Elway? Elway is absolutely a part of it. I mean, playing for that long. Uh, I, I even put Favre in there for what he did sure. for a long time. Um, I even like Breeze. Breeze is in my, oh, in my sure. top 10, too. Um, so uh, a bunch of guys. And, and the thing that matters for me is people say championships matter, which they do. Uh, but the criteria for me is long, sustained success. Mm-hmm. And, and when I say that, that just doesn't mean you have to go out and win Super Bowls every single year. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, you want to win playoff games. Yeah, you want to go to the playoffs. You want to be a guy who can uplift your entire team. Mm-hmm. But when you look out there and say, it's two minutes to go in the ball game, this guy gives us a chance to win. Right. This guy late in the ball game, we know we have an opportunity. And I think there's certain guys who are playing now, like an Aaron Rodgers, when he takes the field and you're down by three and you got a minute and a half to get down there, you're like, I believe he can go do that. Like, he scares you as a defensive coordinator. Guys like that. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, for as long as he did, he was a guy that lifted his entire team to different levels, and they played at a higher level because of him. So, quarterback, for me, is all about the success you have over a long period of time and bringing the people around you you to make them better. Yeah. Yeah, most of those guys you listed. Yeah, it's it's just as far as, like, greatest, I I think I would have it – I could narrow it down to two. I think Dan Marino and John Elway are my two, my two top. Because I, I go, I go before I go to rings. Football is such a team game, and it matters to have a, a, a solid quarterback in there. But right. there's also been your Brad Johnsons and your Trent Dilfers of the world that have that have won Super Bowls that yeah. that are clearly not in this discussion. Right. Um, so I I go over I go over physical ability which to me is like the Marinos and the John Elways of the world with the super, super arms, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then the intelligence got the, the, the guys that are super smart, which are, I would say just off the top of my head, Brady and Manning, uh, not, not talking to, you know, I'm not trying to include everybody here, but Brady and Manning to me come apart across this. I know how smart Peyton Manning was. I know how much he knew what was going on. Brady rarely had elite talent around him yet. He mm-hmm. had a will to win and 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 it also also an intelligence and taking care of his body is part of that too but um i was just curious what what your criteria was you know so i yeah man, i, I like I, that i think a lot of people look at it a lot of different ways which is cool i mean everybody has the opinion of it i mean that's 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 what uh having that conversation and argument is about so i love it man ain't, ain't nothing wrong with who you like who i like and why you like them that's just how you view the game so uh, i'm all down for it and and we're talking about viewing the game before we get out of here on the Triple Threat Podcast. Um, what's your favorite thing you like to eat when you watch a big game, bro? When you're sitting there, like, you know, you, you, you're, you're, you're a nacho guy, you're a chip, you're a pizza guy. What you like? I think it's clear by looking at me. A, I watch a lot of sports. Uh-huh. B, I eat a lot of pizza when I'm watching sports. <laughs> <laughs> pizza and wings, it. I guess, you know, it's pretty standard yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'm a piece of wing dude myself too. I'm like, I'm like Rick Ross. Give me some of them lemon pepper joints. You know, a couple of wing stops like Rick Ross from the 305. You know, we need a wing stop uh, advertising. That's what we need to do. (laughs) Holly Rick Ross, man. All right, man. We appreciate y'all joining us here on the Triple Threat Podcast. We're going to get out of here. We'll catch y'all next week with another great episode and we'll bring a a new guest on this uh, next week. But a lot going on this weekend, man. 
Uh, hit us up. Let us know what you think about some of the games that's happening this weekend. UFC Conor McGregor going down on Saturday night. And we'll see you guys next week on the Triple Threat Podcast. For my man, Scotty D. I'm DJ Shockley. We're holla. Deuces. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.